Welcome back to Chatter from the Cheap Seats. My name is Jack Bowman. I am here with my co-host and very good friend, Sammy Crimstein. We're going to talk some sports today. Baseball is in a lockout. Not a lot of content there, but don't worry. We still have content coming at you from all angles. Sammy, how are you doing, my friend? I am doing very well. It is cold. Well, although today was not cold, but it has been It wasn't been very cold today. Cold. It was nice. Today was very nice. It's weird because in Maryland, uh, if you're listening from out of town, you won't know. But in Maryland, in like these kind of months, it's like you'll have like 30 degrees, like four days in a row, and then just random 70 degree days, and then it goes back down. That's exactly what today is. Today's that random 70 degree day. It is very, very strange. But uh, I I am doing good besides that. Um, Yeah, not too much going on, school and stuff. Jack, how are you? How are you doing? I'm doing good, you know. Not much going on. Have the ACTs tomorrow. Just a lazy Saturday. My dad's on the couch taking a nap right now, watching college football. Not much going on, but that's a Saturday. I'm excited. Right you know, it's the weekend. We're having fun. Nice. Well, let's get into it, Jack. We have no baseball. No, because baseball. it's a lockout. No baseball. We will There's be talking a lockout. About there is actually a lot to talk about because we haven't recorded. We'll be talking baseball. But before we talk about the offseason and our thoughts on some of the biggest and best free agent signings, we are going to talk about the lockout itself, some of the rule changes that might happen, our thoughts, you know, what are we thinking. So we're going to kind of go down our list here. We have some of the things that are probably or might get changed with the new CBA, uh, which is why they're doing the lockout in the first place. And to start, expanded postseason. I definitely have some thoughts on this. Jack, what do you think about doing an expanded postseason like they did maybe in 2020? What are your thoughts on the CBA containing that? It's interesting because from my perspective, I'm coming from a place of ever since I've been a serious baseball fan, which, you know, probably four years ago, five years ago is when I started paying attention and watching every game. The Yankees have been in the playoffs every year. So for me, I, I don't want it because it's only going to hurt the Yankees, but I think it's something that we have to get used to because it's happening. Like this is one of them where the percentage of their, there being an expanded postseason next season is a hundred percent. It's yeah, going it to really happen. feels like that. So I, you kind of just got to get used to it. Yeah, I, I can't. I mean, the Cubs have been very successful, definitely for the past few years. Obviously, this year was different. Twenty nineteen, they also missed the playoffs. But I'm not a huge fan of adding teams. I've all I've really loved the one wild card game. That's it's so entertaining. It's just like, oh my god, this. Do you is think it. I love that? And I, do you think I it incentivizes mid mid market teams to go for it instead of maybe well, that's the plus big players. Because, because as much as I've grown attached to the current playoff format, I really do see the benefits of this expanded playoffs when it comes to incentivizing the mid-market, even some of the small market teams, to compete more than they will. Because, you know, let's say they make it seven instead of five teams per league. That's an extra four teams 
in Major League Baseball that are going to be in the playoffs. And that's a lot of that's, that's a lot more teams that are going to be in on those spots. It's like who knows how many teams could be fighting for those four playoff spots. So I think it could really change the way baseball works in terms of competitiveness because more than other leagues, baseball has a lot of tanking teams at a time. And I think an expanded playoff could really – I think that could help that. It just worries me that we're going to get a non-competitive regular season. I, I don't – you don't want to lose that. That's why there, there's – Because that's what we had in, in, in the 60-game season. The regular season was pretty meaningless, you know? That's why or at least it felt ground. that way. That's why there's a middle ground that you have to find because in one way, like, yes, you want more teams in the playoffs because – you're going to have more teams that think they have a chance to compete, that are going to be trying to compete. But also, you don't want to go too far at too many teams where it's like teams don't really care about the regular season because they know they're getting in anyway. So I think in a perfect world, for me, I think they add no more than two teams per league. I think really six is the sweet spot in terms of how many teams are in the playoffs. So that would be adding one for the NL, one for the AL. I think that's mm-hmm. like where you want to be because um, it's an increase, but you're still – it still doesn't feel like a gimme uh, to be in the playoffs if you're just like a mediocre team. So I, that's kind of our thoughts on that. And I agree with you there. Yeah. And now I guess we could kind of go towards some of the in-game changes if you want, Jack. So this kind of – it's a lot of things. Universal DH – Runner on second during extra innings, seven inning double headers, which these are things that they've tried out the past two years. And then the pitch clock, seeing if there's going to be any advancements with that. So I, we'll start with the Universal DH. Jack and I butt heads on this one. Uh, it was the very first Judge Judy. Yes, uh, that was second. a great episode. It was a great, that was stuff of legend. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, Universal DH, we do not agree. But uh, Jack, I'm guessing. You, it, it kind of feels like another one where it's like, it's going to happen, right? Yeah, and I'm all for universal DH, as you know, Sammy. I think that pitchers don't want to hit. I don't want to see pitchers hit. I would much rather see someone like Giancarlo Stanton taking at bat rather than, I don't know, Madison Bumgarner, like the best seeing pitcher whose OPS is still like barely in the 700s. So it's going to happen, and I'm very happy for it to happen, and it's been a long time coming. Yeah, it's going to happen. Like It's, it's going to make the Cubs both, better, Sammy. It is going to make, make the Cubs better. better well, especially, you know, the Cubs, we had a Clint Frazier. Jack and I were talking about this off air like last week. You know, he's probably with that universal DH. He's going to be in that role. He is not a great defensive player despite a gold glove in 2020. A gold glove um, nomination. Which, nomination, nomination. Excuse me. But, um... Yeah, I, I'm not a huge fan of it still, but I've kind of grown accustomed to the idea of it, especially 2020. Like, I thought it was going to be really weird when they did that in the COVID year, but it wasn't – I got used to it, and I think I'll get used to it again. I'm going to miss the some of the strategic aspects of the game, you know. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're strategic in the late aspects. Like, I, I, like I, come on, clearing now. the pitcher. Like those strategic yeah. aspects. Okay. Because it has an extra weight onto a lot of parts of the game, and it makes okay. it more like a chess match. I like that kind of stuff. Jack is not as much of a fan. But um, I'm going to miss that. But 
I think it'll also stem some new things now that both leagues are doing it. It's it feels more like one league too, in a way, for better or for worse. You know, and on the NL, it's kind of like one of the last rules that's really super different between the two leagues, because there used to be a lot lot of rules that were more different. But uh, yeah, it, it'll definitely be interesting to see. It's gonna happen. How about some of these other ones, Jack? And use not super popular generally are the runner on second and seven inning double headers are you in agreement there you, I, you don't want to see that right no but i'm I'm at, I'm at a point with them where i'm kind of used to them so like if they happen i'm not going to be outraged but i don't want them to happen i will say runner on second i'm kind of like no way i'm done with that well they don't do them in the playoffs they so. will, yeah i I'd rather see that go. I feel I don't like, think that's going to be a rule that sticks, to be honest. If they don't do yeah, it in the playoffs, they're not feels, fully committed to it. It just feels pointless, really. Like I, it just, it's it just makes meant it, to speed up games. Yeah, yeah. you're but right. But I will say the seven-inning doubleheader, you know, obviously it kind of sucks, but I think for players, I think it's kind of a good thing. The players will probably be – I would agree this. with you there. Yeah, so I'm kind of feeling like they should keep that. Because I actually went to one of these. I was I had tickets to go see the Cubs at Wrigley Field. And it was like a regular nine inning game, but the game before was a rain delay or a rain cancellation. So they just made it up the next day. So I got two for one, which was great. But even two seven inning games, which is shorter than it used to be, two nine inning games, it's a long day of baseball just as a fan. And imagine going out there and you're playing like, you know, 14 innings. That is still a lot. So I think. You know, the 18-inning doubleheaders may be fun, but I think it's time for that to go, and I think they should stick with the seven-inning doubleheaders. I am a fan of that. Um, let's move on, though, now from the CBA, and now let's talk about some of the free agent signings that happened before the deadline because there were like <laughs> there were like four days where we just saw the some of the biggest names, not all of them, Still got some out there, but some of the biggest names just going off left and right. Let's let's start it off giving our thoughts here with arguably the biggest signing of the offseason so far. Max Scherzer signs a three-year, $130 million deal with the New York Mets. Jack, wrong New York team, I guess, for you, but uh, what do you, what, what do you yeah. think here? Is this good for the, the Metropolitans? Metropolitans needed to go out and make a splash. They needed a big-time pitcher, and they got one. They got one of the best pitchers in baseball, top three pitcher in baseball, top five pitcher in baseball, arguably. So, oh, yes, I, it, yeah. absolutely a good move for them. Yeah, and I think, obviously, pitching isn't, like, a glaring need for them. Like, like, they're pretty much set. They were one of the best rotations in baseball for most of last year. Even without DeGrom, I mean, they had a lot of depth in that starting rotation. It doesn't hurt to add Max Scherzer, but I also like a lot of the other moves the Mets have made. Uh, talk about Starling Marte. You're going to get Robinson Cano back, for better or for worse. Mark Canna, that's a very underrated signing. Uh, Eduardo Escobar. The Mets are really setting themselves up in a position where it's hard to see them not being a contending team because they have so many guys. And so many options, even if guys are struggling and guys are hurt, which is where we kind of saw them struggle last year offensively. Like they had the guys, but, you know, Dominic Smith was struggling. You had Jeff McNeil who couldn't really figure it out. And you didn't have guys who could step up in their place. 
Yeah. The moves they made, I think they have that depth to be able to do that next year. And I feel like every year we're like, the Mets are going to be good this year. But we it's, say hard, <laughs> it's hard to like say otherwise because the talent is there. They've done a good job of building this team to be successful. I like it. Another signing I love, my Cubbies, Marcus Stroman is coming to the north side of Chicago. Three years, $71 million. Jack, uh, you are an unbiased uh, perspective here. What is what is your opinion on Stroman to the Cubs? I think that Marcus Stroman is a good pitcher. You know, he definitely brings a headache to the team and might disrupt the locker room a little bit. But oh, really, I, I've heard I've heard only great things about Stroman as a guy. He likes to tweet, and there will be times where the Cubs will lose a game ten to nothing when he is pitching, and he will tweet out ten videos after a game of him fielding a ground ball. And he likes to go at it with fans on Twitter, and he's a complete baby. But, you know, he's a good pitcher, and I think it was a good signing for the Cubs. Absolutely. The Cubs are trying to contend, which is a bit of a surprise to some, but they're making moves. You know, they got Wade Miley, who threw a no-hitter last year, had a very solid year for the Reds, one of their top pitchers. And then they bring in Stroman as well to complement Kyle Hendricks. And they have enough guys in the farm system and guys that have gotten little major league experience that I think could step up into those four and five slots in that rotation. But yeah, it's interesting. The Cubs definitely looking to be a good team next year and maybe with an extended playoff possibly sneak into a wild card spot. Who knows? It depends what else they do. They're also eyeing Correa, which would surprise me, but would make me very happy uh, to say no, the least. No. Yankees um, are getting Korea. We know that. We know that. Hey, I, I will say, Jack, you seem you were you were very confident about Corey Seager to the Yankees. I'm more confident about I'm confident about Korea. I'm if the Yankees don't get Korea, you're gonna hear you're gonna hear a, a very depressed, sad remember when the we'll Marlins, have to have an explicit episode Remember when the Marlins the swept the Cubs from the playoffs? That we're was gonna so get, sad. I mean, I'm gonna be sadder than you were. Really? If they don't get yeah. Correa? Well, yeah. speaking of uh, Corey Seager, who the Yankees did not get, let's talk about him because he ends up with the Rangers on this giant deal. 10 years, 325 mil. And that wasn't it. They also signed Marcus Semien, who's coming off of his best year by far. He was an MVP candidate for a lot of the year. One of the best hitters in baseball. One of the best hitting second basemen. Uh, seasons that we've ever seen. Seven years, $175 million for Simeon. Do you think they needed both? That's my question. That's really my thought. Do you think they really needed to sp splash on both of those middle infielders? It's interesting because the Rangers don't have much pitching. Yeah, They don't have much else. They have one of the best, if not the best, middle infielder baseball now. But I don't know if it was the right move for them. I think one of them would have been. Like, if they go out and sign Seager or they go out and sign Semyon, I'm happy with that. Like, but I feel cool. like these guys are going to be traded away within the next three to four years. Well, that's what it feels like. And nothing against Marcus Semyon. He had a great year. I respect him. And give him credit for on his contract year. You know, he signs a one-year deal with the Blue Jays, and he just goes out and proves 
why he wants a big contract. Yeah, he bet on himself. He gets a and big he... contract. Whoa. He bet on himself. He gets a big contract, which is great for him. But I can't see him replicating what he did last year. I like. There's no way he's going to be able to do that again. And they gave him what seven years. I mean, and for both these guys, like to take a risk on one of them is fine. But they did with two middle infielders. I mean, it's just. I don't know. And, you know, you talked about it. Their pitching has just never really been good. They traded away one of, you know, Lance Lynn, who was really good last year, and they have just not really been able to rely on anyone since. So, yeah. I'm a little confused with the Rangers. I think offensively, they can be a very good team. You know, Adelis Garcia had a great year. What, did, I, did he win rookie of the year? I don't, I don't think he won rookie of the year. Adelis Garcia? I don't know. It, it was um, he was definitely Randy Rosarena, Rosarena, and Jonathan India. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, no, it was um, but you know Garcia was up there for a while. He had a great year. He's going to go up, but offensively they'll be good. Defense, uh, pitching wise, Rangers are going to be struggling, and they had the money to address that need, but instead they go and get two middle infielders. We'll see what happens with the Rangers. Very interesting indeed. Uh, what else happened? Uh, who else made a big splash on a middle infielder? It was the Tigers. Javi Baez. Your oh my, guy. My dude, Javi Baez. Uh, signs a pretty big deal with the Tigers. Some people don't like this move. I feel like Baez gets a lot of bad rap these days. I don't know. Uh, Jack, what, what do you think? I think it was a good deal. I really, I, I really do. I think you, you definitely got him. At a lot cheaper than one of what a story a Correa Seeger would have been. Mm-hmm. So I like this move for the Tigers because they weren't going to play in the deep waters with the Yankees and the Dodgers on the Correa sweepstakes. But you know they got they got a great shortstop. They got a great shortstop, and Baez. You know, as soon as he joined the Mets, his season really took a turn for the better. Uh, we started he, seeing he, he finished hot. Yeah, he finished really hot, and the strikeouts is obviously an issue, but if you're one of those advanced stat guys and you're you're all really looking at like the WRC+, plus, the war, um, you know, some of those advanced stats, I, I'm not the most knowledgeable about all that. I try to be, but uh, Bias is a very good player. Bias is a very good player by a lot of those advanced metrics, so you really got to think, like, this could be a good deal, and they didn't have to pay as much for a Correa or a Story or a Seager, and they may be getting better production or just as good production with this kind of deal. I think it's a, it's a nice one for the Tigers, who could they could be a very good team next year with the pitching they have, the prospects. Casey Mize, they're going to have uh, what Riley Green right coming up, most likely. Uh, Torkelson is probably going to be up to start the year, I would imagine. They're going to be a good team. I'm excited to see what they are. do in, a, in an AL Central that seems kind of like it's up for grabs a little bit. Maybe, I mean, the White Sox, they're definitely the top dogs, but they were a little bit under expectations last year. So I'm excited to watch the AL Central and the Tigers, see what they can do in that division. Jack, any other moves you're interested in talking about here? We have some on this list here. Probably not. Um, time to talk about Chris Taylor, you know, he took a little bit of a discount to stay with the Dodgers. Gosman to the Blue Jays. I think Gosman's a really good pitcher. But let's move on now to the football. We got some big Week 14 games, Sammy. Ravens Browns divisional matchup. That's a big game. 
And yes. believe it or not, Cowboys and Washington football team is the, the Cowboys better win this game. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, this is a big one. I mean, the football team is like they've found something. I mean, they were struggling to start the year, and now all of a sudden they've won a lot of games in a row consecutively. It's four games. And, and, you know, they've beaten some solid teams as well. Raiders, Seahawks, who are obviously whatever. I mean, they beat the Buccaneers to start that win streak. That was really what kind of started that momentum for them. But, yeah, that's going to be a fun one for sure. I'm excited. Um, The Cowboys are the better team, the more talented team. But a win for Washington at home would be huge huge Um, huge another one you mentioned was ravens browns that's going to be a good one kind of a similar situation division leader and a team that's like at 500 still trying to look to make the playoffs who do you think who do you got in this game you know i'm not too sure i think i don't completely trust the ravens what makes I you don't. say that, Jack? Was it that last game against the Steelers? Yeah, I don't. I mean, because we see them, you know, lose to the Steelers like that. And then the Steelers go out there. And yes, they came back in the second half, but they got demolished in Thursday night football against the Vikings for the first first half of the game. Yeah. And I just when you look at the Ravens, there are some very questionable wins on this list. Uh, you talk about that last time they played the Browns. Lamar Jackson threw four interceptions in that game. That was not did not really feel like a game the Ravens should have won. Against the Bears, the Bears had made a comeback, and their defense just choked at the end. Uh, the Ravens played very poorly against the Bears, who have proven, unfortunately for me, to be not a very good team this year. You know, the Vikings, that game, that what Thursday night game, that's, they should have lost that one as well. Yeah. Like, so the Ravens, yes, they're eight and four, and the fans will say they're one of the best teams in football. They're not. They have a lot of questionable wins, and this Browns team has a lot of talent. They're hungry. They feel like they're better than their record shows, and I feel like they could be the team that goes out there with more of a game plan, with more of a chip on their shoulder, and I think they're at home as well. So I think you definitely got to give the Browns a considerable shot to knock off the Ravens here in that game. I'm excited to see what happens, though. It's always a fun one, Ravens-Browns, especially the past few years. Other big games. How about Bills and Buccaneers, Jack? That's a fun one, two very good teams. I think the Bills are going to destroy the Buccaneers, going to be honest. Really? That's a hot take, my friend. I think the Bills are upset about the lo- the loss to Mac Jones and all his three throws. I think that, that they're going they're gonna to go out there with vengeance and they're going to just just destroy the Buccaneers. I would love to see that happen. And the Bills are on another team that I feel like they're better than their record indicates. They're 7-5 and five right now, but, man, with Josh Allen and some of the weapons they have at wide receiver and a defense that is very good on paper – you got to think they, they they should be better than this. And I'm still going to go with the Buccaneers in this one. You, they've just been such a reliable team this year, really outside of that Washington football team game and a few others. Um, yeah, but 
the, the Buccaneers are a good team. They're well-rounded. You know, they're, they're the defending Super Bowl champs. So I got to go with them in that one. And uh, finally, this is probably the best game of the week and one of the most interesting. You have the Cardinals, who have just been on fire all year, and the Rams, who did pick up a win last week against the Jaguars. But ever since they picked up Odell and Von Miller, it has not been smooth sailing. No, it is not. They're still a very good team. They're still late in four. Jack, this is going to be a Monday night game. We're all going to be watching on our TVs, although I might have a test the next day, so maybe not. <laughs> but, Jack, who, who do you have? I don't I don't know because you're right. The Rams have not been heading in the right direction. I And the Cardinals, they're not a team that you think of as dominant, but they've been dominant all season. Yeah, that's the and they're, you know what I mean? They're just, they've been unbelievable. Like I, I, I can't bet against them until they give me a reason to bet against them. You know, uh, definitely. I mean, they've been, they had a good off season. I don't think people expected them to make the jump to being this good this quickly. I mean, they're the best team in football right now. It's unbelievable what the Cardinals are doing I think they're going to come into this game and silence all of the haters because this is the chance for the Rams to be like, hey, we still belong in this divisional race with a win. I think the Cardinals will silence all of that. They're such a good team in defensive. I mean, everyone talks about like Hopkins and, you know, <laughs> Kyler Murray, of course, James Conner, who people are not talking about enough. James Conner is having a fantastic season, really good pickup in the offseason. But this defense is so good. You have a lot of athletes, guys who can kind of play all over the place. Very um, versatile. Guys who are linebackers who can also play well in coverage. Safeties who are big enough to be linebackers. And that just makes it hard to game plan against. You never know how guys are going to be lining up. And just in the middle of the game, you never know. It's just it's yeah. a tough team to go up against. Cardinals, I have them winning in possibly dominating the Rams on Monday Night Football It'll, it's a, it'll be a fun game to watch, my friend. But before we get going with football and move on to basketball, Jack, I'm, Jack, I'll have you go first, but we both picked our favorite divisional race this year to watch. What's the most intriguing one? And yeah, that's the gist of it. And we're just going to talk about maybe some of our predictions, what we think. Jack, what is your favorite divisional race this year? Sammy, up until recently, the AFC East with the Bills and the Patriots were interesting, but the Patriots have started to pull away. So mm -hmm. I got to turn my attention elsewhere. And going to be honest, I mean, I still think it's the AFC East because I look around. Am I that interested in the Cowboys and the football team? No. Am I that interested in the Chiefs and the Chargers? I don't know. The Chargers have been really inconsistent lately. If I, I, I really am a huge Chargers guy. I really think the Chargers are a good team. I don't know if, the, if they're there yet. I don't know if they're ready yet. Titans, Colts, I don't know. There's not really one that sticks out to me. Mm. I'm actually going to go with the last one you mentioned, Jack. Titans, Colts, this is a fun one for me because every year for the past few years, it's been these two teams, and it has switched. We've seen both these teams make the playoffs. I feel like the Titans have 
definitely had a little more of the edge as of late uh, in this matchup, but they're only separated by really one game right now, Titans and the Colts. And the most interesting part is that the Titans are missing their best guy. They're missing the centerpiece of their offense. Derrick Henry, he's not there to save the day. So it'll be watching. How are the Titans going to handle that? They've been doing an all right job, but they have lost their last few games. Will they be able to adjust? Have Tannehill be able to get the ball to you know his guys, Jones and A.J. Brown? And the Colts as well. I mean, th this is a team that has always been in that race. And I'm excited to see. I, I'm rooting for the Colts. I'll say I've always liked the Colts. Um, I think Carson Wentz, I'm happy for him. He's having a very good year. He's leading. I, I want to see him lead this Colts team to the playoffs. Prove all the haters wrong. And I love how him going back, reuniting with Frank Reich in Indianapolis, has really been the spark he needed to get back going and become a solid starting quarterback once again. And he really has been. You know, you have Jonathan Taylor, who some people have called an MVP candidate. I'm not quite sure about that. But he's definitely been the best running back in the NFL since Henry's gone. Um, but I'm very intrigued to see this AFC South divisional race. It's always a good one. And I think it's going to be coming down to Week 18. It'll be the last game of the year. And are they playing? They may be playing each other. I'm not actually sure on that. Let's. Yeah. They 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 do play each other frequently on that last game. But no matter the case, I am very excited. But now now, it is time to talk about le basketball, and we're gonna kind of be just going Western Conference, Eastern Conference, talking some stuff with the Western Conference. We're gonna be talking about some of our surprises. Some teams that were better than expected, which hasn't really been many. And a lot of teams that have been worse than expected in a weaker Western Conference than we are used to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, the the Eastern Conference is definitely the strong conference. Because you look at them, they got the Heat, the Bulls, the Nets. And then you see another tier, and a, a team that sticks out to me right now are the Wizards. They're 15 and 11. Do you think this is a team that can stick in and maybe make a playoff run, or do you think they're going to drop off? I think they're a team that could possibly do it. I don't want to put money on it, but they have the defense, the guys with the defensive know-how to be able to do it. Because when I'm looking at playoffs, that's almost the first thing I go to look at. Do you have guys who know how to play solid NBA defense? And maybe you have guys who know how to play it, but guys who don't want to play it. And I think the Wizards have the guys who are willing and able to do that job. But on that topic, let's talk about the Lakers here. They've been far below expectations. They signed a bunch of guys. You know, obviously you have LeBron and AD, but you bring in Russell Westbrook. You bring in uh, – who else do they bring in, Jack? I'm blanking. They brought in Westbrook. They brought in Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony, who has has been pretty good. But Anthony Davis this year has been very bad defensively. And it was kind of what I was talking about. Anthony Davis is able to play good defense. That's no question. He's like defensive player of the year a few times, usually a block party. But this year, just by watching some of the film, uh, or some of the, uh, some of the game highlights I've seen, he doesn't want to play defense. And it does, yeah, if you're able to play defense, great. But if you don't want to, you're selling your team short. And 
he's really showing that he was one of the most important pieces to that Lakers championship team because with him not playing to his full ability defensively, they've fallen to a mediocre level. They're not nearly as good as they should be as a lot of these Western Conference teams have been. It's been a very common story in the Western in the Western Conference. A team that, though, has been better in the Western Conference than people have expected. The Grizzlies, who are currently sitting in fourth place. And they, Jack, I don't know if you saw, they beat the Thunder by, like, 70 points or something. It was, yeah. it was great. Yeah, they... they but they've been on a roll, seven and three in their last ten games, and they're doing it without their guy, John Morant. I'm loving what I'm seeing. Do you think the Grizzlies, though, have the talent to be able to maintain this level of success in a Western Conference that seems bound to get back on track? Um, no, I I think that they have a lot of young talent, as you said, John Morant. But I don't know if this is a team that can compete for a conference title right now. I don't think they're there yet. No, they're definitely not. I mean, in that Western Conference, it's really those top three teams, the Warriors, the Suns, the Jazz, they're doing great. And everyone else is kind of in that tier below. Right now, it does happen to be the Grizzlies that are in fourth place, but I can't see them staying that high uh, with some of the teams that are below them. And... I do think they could make the playoffs. They have some guys showing up right now. Jaron Jackson, I really like what he's been doing. Uh, Steven Adams, really good pickup this offseason, especially as they get Jaw back, who could be a first-time All-Star this year. Um, I'm excited to see that for the Grizzlies. Uh, but finally, Eastern Conference. Let's switch over. We talked a little bit, but what team – so right now there are some pretty notable teams sitting out of the playoffs – that were in the playoffs or have been in the past few years. You got the Hawks, the Celtics, your Knicks, the Pacers, who are a solid team. What teams that are currently sitting out do you think are going to end up in the playoffs in the East? I think the Celtics might turn it on, the, the 76ers. Um, I don't think the Knicks are going to be a playoff team. Maybe the play-in, I don't, I don't even know about that. Um. I'd probably go the Celtics. I'll have to go. I'll have to go with the Hawks. I really like this team. I think Trey Young is a beast, man. Trey Young is a beast, and you kind of get the feeling he's carrying a little bit right now. But they have a lot of shooters. A lot of guys. You know, Kevin Herter, great shooter. John Collins, a physical uh, guy down low. They have a lot of good bench players as well who can play good defense. Clint Capella, not a bench player. But um, no. he's one of, been one of the best big men defenders in the league over the past few years. I think they're a team that is definitely good enough to be in the playoffs. And I'm just looking. I mean, they're better than the Hornets. To me, they're better than the Cavaliers, who I don't really believe what they've been doing. They may even be better than the Wizards, if we're really looking at it. I mean, they were a few key plays away from going to the NBA Finals last year. For that reason and a few others like I talked about, I think the Hawks are going to be that team out of all those teams um, that can make the jump to the top eight and possibly even higher because they got the superstar, they have the depth, they have the defense. But uh, with that, unless there's anything else, Jack, you would like to add, I guess we'll start closing things off here today. Yeah, um, 
This was a great episode, as always. Appreciate doing it with you, Sammy. And I guess that's it. Sammy, you want to take us out? Yes, I do. Bye. Bye.